0: going to throw it, slam, this bugs for you, Mizzou, and there he goes, how about number six, you don't get no better than that man, who's back in the game, Shane Ray. and look at what he just did, Save. touchdown Missouri, This is the MazzotCast.
2: Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the MazzotCast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony, and with me, as always, is Harold Brantley's personal tutor, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us this week is, of course, Brian Goers, who's still recovering from Zika virus with a little bit of herpes mixed in.
1: Yeah, the herpes is kind of a constant.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's flaring up again, though, this week. So Brian's not here, but we're getting closer and closer to the beginning of the 2016 football season. I've got the fever. Catch it. So uh, it is tonight the second, I guess, scrimmage for the Tigers, and we were fortunate enough to get an uh, inside view yeah. of the scrimmage this weekend, which was great since yeah. uh, you know it was a closed scrimmage. You, you headed wrestle. over to
1: Ferro Field. I unfortunately wasn't able to go, but mm-hmm. um, got to some access to some of the players. And yeah. The coach.
2: It was a really uh, nice opportunity to get up close and personal and hear some thoughts on the upcoming season from some of the guys who are going to be on the field this year. So yeah. look forward to that as the show progresses. A lot going on tonight. I think a lot of the Mizzou press is following, of course, Jaden Cox, who won a bronze medal in the Olympics. So congratulations to Jaden. But we're the football podcast, so let's talk about what is coming up for Mizzou heading into our first September 3rd game. Uh, scrimmage tonight, we saw a lot of what we have been seeing and other practices and hearing from all the guys. Uh, it looks like the wide receiving core is a little sharper. Uh, the offensive line is a little tougher, possibly, hopefully, against the real competition. But uh, again, we're at a point where we just don't know until we see live competition what we're up against.
1: Well, I think uh, Barry Odom has got a reputation as being kind of a hard-nosed guy. And so hopefully the team is kind of acquiring those characteristics of their coach.
2: Yeah, I think when you listen to the Barry Odom interview, you'll hear that definitely confirmed. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, a, he's a no-nonsense kind of fella. Yeah, he yeah. is. So it was a real cool for us to get to talk to him. So, Colin, what do you think? Should we dive right into one of the in early interviews we had with the guys on the field? Or sure. I mean, thing?
1: that's what the people want.
2: Absolutely. So our first uh, interview, I was able to catch up with an old friend of the show, Drew Locke. So let's take us out to the field and uh, hear what Drew had to say. So we're here on uh, Furrow Field. It's about time for the second Tiger scrimmage. And joining me now is starting quarterback, sophomore Drew Locke. Drew, thanks for being with us.
3: Uh, Hi, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you feeling about this year, 2016?
3: Very, very excited. Very excited.
2: Yeah? Uh, You know, you you didn't have a great year in in 2015. I mean, not you personally, but the team didn't do so well. But, uh, you know, what are your expectations coming into this season?
3: Oh, I think we should win a lot of games. I mean, we're going to have an offensive line that's completely different. And so that's got to help because, you know, they were just really, really, you know, not good at all.
2: (laughs) No, they weren't very good at all. And... It really affected your play because we had a lot of expectations for you coming into the year, but you just didn't have much of an opportunity.
3: Yeah, I was I was under a constant assault. What was up, Drew? Was it are you okay? Yeah, I'm I'm. My dad says I'm going through some changes. Sorry, <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> it does sound like you're going through some changes. A Little late in life, though. I feel like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Okay. Well, uh, what are your expectations for for this season? What do you think you're going to accomplish?
3: Well, I guess you know. I think I can throw lots of touchdowns and score lots of lots of points and uh, help my team to win out on the field. Gosh darn it!
2: Well, that's what we're expecting. Gosh darn it! You know that we got a whole batch of new uh, running or uh, running backs. You got new receivers, like you said. You got that offensive line. You know, um, do you think that this team can win a few games?
3: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, our our goals and expectations are the SEC East champions. And I think you know, Coach Odom seems to be very confident that we can do that. Um, he seems to be threatening violence to us personally if we don't. So I feel like everybody's super motivated.
2: What's the difference between playing for Coach Odom compared to Pinkel last year?
3: Um, you know, Coach Odom, you know, physically chokes me more than Coach Pinkel ever did. Yeah. Um, and when I don't know you know, if that's when good I good or bad. <laughs> go I, I, you know, it's everybody's got their own coaching style, and so you just have to grill with the punches. In this case, literally. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, there's some word around the internet this year that uh, you have a new obsession, and uh, I don't know how related it is to football, but apparently you're an excellent Pokemon player.
3: Oh yeah, oh boy, yeah, I catch them all, man, for sure, <laughs> for sure.
2: That seems like a very adult, uh, mature hobby of yours. Um, has that, do you have other players on the team who who share that obsession?
3: Oh sure, we're all trying to find that ever elusive Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, other than that, what have you been up to this summer?
3: Oh, you know, um, uh, just, you know, my studies and taking some time off, uh, trying to get some distance between me and Corey.
2: What's wrong with that? What's wrong with Corey?
3: Well, he's, uh, he's you know, he he expects a lot from me, and especially... In what he, regard? Well, I mean, he, he wants me to constantly be uh, procuring um, ladies for him to, as he calls it, slay, uh-huh. I think is the word he uses. He likes to, sl- to slay pussy. Is that... Does that sound right? I don't know. Oh, I don't. Uh, Corey way. says it a lot. I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that is that is something some people say. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm glad you're trying to keep a little clear of Corey. I don't know if he's a great influence. No, I mean I love
3: Corey. We're we're good pals, and uh, you know now that now that we're back in in school, we're together all the time. But it was nice to get a break. Um, you know, I, I felt like I had a lot of chafing down below just from constant constant affection from girls. Mostly precipitated by Corey.
2: Yeah, I imagine that's true. Uh, your first game coming up on September third, West Virginia on the road. That sounds like a tough matchup. What do you think about that game? Yeah,
3: it's going to be tough, but we we've got what it takes.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? And what is that?
3: Uh, full hearts and uh, good minds, and and and, and uh, you know just motivation.
2: Mm-hmm. Know, just is that real or is that bullshit talk?
3: <laughs> you said a naughty word. No, but yeah, I it's it, it's it's. It is what it is, as mm-hmm. Coach Pinkle would say.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess that's right. We're going to find out what's, uh, what it's going to be like coming up in, uh, in September. Thanks for joining us, Drew. I appreciate you spending a little time with us. All right, thanks.
3: And, I'm, I'm going to hit the showers.
2: Okay, you, you do that and get ready for September 3rd. All right. So there you go. Drew yep. Locke back and ready for mm-hmm. 2016. Sounds great. Yeah, hope he's not too distracted by Pokemon. No, but, or Corey uh, Yeah, for that matter. <laughs> a lot of distractions as a yeah. as a college quarterback, mm-hmm. Division One level for sure. Yep. So, anyway, Colin, um, you know, like I said, we, we talked last week a little bit about. Our expectations for the tigers, and you, you know I think you had us at five and seven you your no
0: no,
1: no six and six six and six or five six and six
2: early we I mean f- five wins I think is the pessimist view or, I mean like
1: five and a half in Vegas, but we I right. them at six take that take that to Vegas mm-hmm. bet the over
2: but I don't know anybody who it, it, the biggest tiger optimist who sees us having more than seven wins on the season
1: well, I think I mean if you just look at our schedule i don't think six wins is I think six wins should really be our our expectation: you get three cupcakes. You should all win, and then you got uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and South Carolina. Right. So there's your six.
2: Yeah, and that's right. Uh, and we talked about how you, you could steal a game somewhere else in the East. Absolutely. Um, the problem I see is that we have two West opponents, as we do every year: Arkansas, which I think will be a tough game this mm-hmm. season, and at then least of, we have at home, right? And then of course LSU in um, Death Valley, which is probably the least winnable game on the schedule.
1: Yeah, I'm, I really, uh, with Fournette especially, I you know he was a dominant player for a big part of the season last year, and now he's going to have another year on his belt. I worry that he might run all over us. But I tell you what, if there's any team in on either the West or the East in the SEC that could, you know, maybe put a, you know, put a cork in that bottle, so to speak, it would be Mizzou with their defensive line. I would hope. Yeah. If, every, if the defensive line lives up to the hype, you know, you know maybe they can handle the Leonard Fournette. And as we know, LSU is not much with the forward pass.
2: Yeah, right? and as good as Fournette is, my concern is less uh, our defense, and it's more of whether we can put any offense together in a place. It's, yeah, it's, LSU's
1: it's, defense is typically stout. And
2: it's no place scarier to go into than— Well, it's uh, named Death Valley. Yeah, they don't call it that because they're bringing roses before the game. No, no, they don't. So, I mean, that, I look at that as, as a, almost a surefire loss compared to most of the rest of the season. Of course, Georgia, uh, even though they have a new coach this year, is looking to be a tough opponent again.
1: Yeah, I I I I hope Georgia falls on their face because of a new coach because even if he's a good coach it's hard to, you know, just hit the ground running. Of course we've got a new coach, but our coach was in house, so at least I don't feel like the transition will be as abrupt as it would be for a Georgia. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I hope. Right. But you know, then the like the Jim McIlwain's of the world took Florida and hit the ground running pretty well.
2: Well, he was in a situation at Florida where Will Muschamp had that team as low as a Florida team could possibly be. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think he was he was had the good fortune at least that they were at their floor.
1: Well, and I think that's part of the reason you know he got the job and Muschamp was fired is because nobody doubted their roster. They had right. tons of talent. They were criminally underachieving mm-hmm. consistently. And that, you know, when when you've got a bunch of talent and you don't do anything with it, it only points one direction, and that's the coach. So now South Carolina can look forward to that firm hand on their rudder,
2: right? <laughs> and that is why I so look forward to the South Carolina game this yep, year.
1: Absolutely. If we lose to South Carolina this year, I will be inconsolable. Yeah, for maybe 60, 70 minutes.
2: As much fun as it was to beat Steve Spurrier, I think meeting uh, a Will Muschamp led team that's
1: won. one upside. You know what I mean to to this whole hire is that I thought well. You know, not being able to hate Steve Spurrier and, you know, wish ill things on him. You know, they just, man, didn't miss a beat. They just Mm -hmm. brought in Will Muschamp. I mean, goddamn, it's like, he's every bit is hateable. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And
2: I've talked to a few South Carolina fans, and I have not spoken to anyone who was excited about the coming Will Muschamp era, yeah,
1: the, you get lukewarm is the best you can get out of anybody.
2: It really reminds me of when we brought in Frank Haith. The excitement level here in zoo <laughs> yeah, is yeah. similar to what the or soccer Kim Anderson,
1: was. for that matter. Of course, there was a little hype for Kim Anderson just because he's a homegrown sure. guy. There, so was there was
2: certainly a, more than a the Frank. Haith's there
1: was a hire. there was a um, there was a contingency of people that was really excited about it, mm-hmm. and then there was a contingency like me who thought it was a terrible, terrible hire That's from right. the word go.
2: Yep. And then left on our schedule, of course, in the East, we've got Tennessee, which is one of those teams that always hyped. And we've gone over this time and again about how they're overhyped and never perform up to snuff. Uh, I, I still think it's going to be a tough game. And, uh, you well, know, it's at Tennessee. It's yes. at Tennessee, which is another I mean, tough you can, place to play.
1: I you mean, know, let, let's hope that Butch Davis does what Butch Davis does. Uh huh. Yeah.
2: They, well, t- Tennessee, they it always it all up. have it the game, and then they blow it at the end. Yeah. They can never close. Yeah. So, I, I mean,
1: they can't have coffee.
0: Coffee's for is only. Exactly correct.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll perform that well again this year for us, and then, of course, uh, we talked a little bit about Florida, where where Mizzou has always Mizzou has always kind of overperformed against Florida, but you know, every season is new. So, one of those games, I feel like at least is stealable, but uh, and that would get us, a, you know, seven wins. over the hurdle, and you know, I think. Barry Odom will benefit this year from the um, from low expectations yeah if we get back into a bowl game I think a lot of Tiger fans will be satisfied and it'll clear a lot of I will be pallets, satisfied so
1: I will be satisfied for a first year coach coming off the season that we've had um off the year that we've had just with all the tumultuous crap going on if he gets to a bowl game I think that's a that's a big accomplishment and speaks of uh, Good things to come.
2: Yeah, and and it'll speak to just a turnaround in the culture of the athletic or the the football program.
1: Well, and God, you know, I pray every night for a breakout season. Yeah. You know, because nothing puts a shine back on university than, um, you know, breakout season football.
2: Well, that's one thing that it's hard at Mizzou to be a fan because you never know when that breakout season is going to happen. In 2013, whenever we started to pour things on, or 2014, yeah, 2013, that was out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, Missouri Missouri gets a lot of three-star recruits. Mm-hmm. And not that three-star recruits can't be great, but you just never know if they're going to be great. When you're a team like Alabama— They're developmental
1: players by, by by the star rankings. If you're a three-star player, you're developmental. Right.
2: Whereas if you're if you're in Alabama and you're consistently recruiting five-star guys, you expect five-star play right out of the gate, and you can have those expectations.
1: And you've, we saw that last season with uh, Terry Beckner. You know, five-star recruit comes in and plays like—
2: A five-star kid. Yeah.
1: I mean, just— Right out of the gates is a disruptive force in the middle of the line. So
2: where we always rely on uh, surprise guys, you know, yeah. the guys. That...
1: If if Terry Beckner Jr. continues to do what he's been doing and, and improves, he's going to be. We're not going to get to see a senior season out of him. No, my God, no.
2: I mean, and for good reasons. Charles if, Harris
1: will be gone if he does anything like he did last year, because I mean, Charles Harris was one of those standout players in a year where there was not a lot to be optimistic about. Charles Harris made everybody forget about you know the shane rays and mm-hmm. the marcus goldens i mean he's picked it up right where they left off
2: yeah he, and you know the d-line zoo that they always talk about there had been this uh, you know handing of the baton so to speak and he really did pick it up in a way that you know in in a great way that the rest of the team hadn't done you know well, they, they need to that keep success. it going
1: just to make sure that it's not kugelowski who was the i mean i don't want he was a great coach but i don't want him to be the reason we were that good you know what i mean like i said so if you see a serious fall off i mean that that might be what it points to but i want to see them consistently just continue to improve and know that you know as long as you have a quality coach back there you got top-notch talent on the d line that you're going to be able to make hay
2: yeah for sure so um you know that's one thing i'm looking forward to this season or hoping for this season is that I mean, we talked a little bit off air about last year there was just no excitement. It wasn't just that we weren't winning, but we didn't have anything to just hang our hat on. It's like a plays or, or just great things that happen in any way whatsoever. And, you know, we, we have the intro. And uh, frankly, the the names that get displayed during our intro are you know, a couple years old now, and it, yeah. it, you know, we just don't have anything to replace that with from like the last season because there were no great.
1: It was the most boring football I've ever watched ever.
2: Yeah, and that's that's really what we need to change. I mean, you know, it, if we go six and six, that is not what we're hoping for as a program, but it will be
1: a massive improvement. It'll
2: be an improvement. It'll be adequate, but aside from that, if we just put just the way we win, yeah, the way we win, or the or the way we compete. And, uh, you know, have some excitement back in the stadium will be, you know, something that I think myself and all Tiger fans will just cling to a little mm-hmm. bit this season. So, anyway, I think, Colin, maybe we should take our first break, go into our next interview when we go back onto the field for the second scrimmage. Okay. All right, this is the Mazadcast. And we're back. And so, Colin, you know, we talk a lot about the offense and defense and our expectations for him this year. But one area we haven't spoken about a lot is special teams. And and I think, uh, you know, special teams, when we talk about it, it starts and stops with kicker for Corey Fatoni. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our freshman punter last year was arguably one of the best players on the team. Unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, for, but fortunately for the Mazad cast. Corey Fatoni became a quick, fast friend of the show. Yeah. And so I went back. Quick,
1: fast favorite of fans.
2: Yeah, and so I was able to go out back onto the field and catch up with our good friend, Corey Fatoni. Well, I'm here down on the field, scrimmage number two, and let's see if there's a guy. Oh, somebody's coming off the field now. It looks like it's sophomore punter, Corey Fatoni. Corey, hey, Corey, Uh, Brendan from the Zodcast. You got a second? Hey, from
1: the telephone. Yeah, that's right. How are you doing, Corey? I'm good, very good. Yeah, how's things going this season? Oh, just terrific, just terrific. I'm in punting form mid-season, that is. Yeah, and already. it all looks good, it all looks good. I'm hoping not to have to punt that much, you yeah. know, did what a I lot of f- was what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, really? I am prolific out there.
2: Yeah, you did a lot of punting last season, that's for sure. Uh, you turned a lot of heads, too, and uh, what are you thinking about this season? How are things going to go for the team?
1: Oh, I feel like I'm very confident right now, very confident.
2: For, for sure, for sure you got a uh, pretty tough schedule coming up uh, you got west I virginia don't know. you know you don't know
1: yeah i don't know the West virginia i mean who's there i mean is that even a state yeah, i don't know
2: i know i mean there's it's the lesser of the two virginias for sure
1: exactly for sure that those guys whatever you yeah know, we're going to be fine we're going <laughs> to be just fine
2: yeah so uh, you got that's a tough game on the road uh, then you got Georgia, Florida, LSU. You got a tough schedule this season. What are your predictions? What I do you forget
1: think? about it. We're gonna kick them off right in the teeth.
2: Yeah, you think you're gonna kick Bada as much? <laughs> you think you're gonna kick as much this year as you did last year?
1: Well, probably not. But that's uh, they keep telling me that's a good thing. So uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get my opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'll Get my opportunities.
2: What have you been up to this summer? Tom oh him?
1: boy, you know, just doing what Corey does. You mm-hmm. know. Chasing the ladies, making it rain, so to speak.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, who are your running buddies these days?
1: Well, you know, of course, you know, I've got my boy Drew, you know. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's my constant companion in life. He's my sidekick, my little buddy, you know. Uh, he's a nut, that guy. He's got this, uh, he's talking about catching them all, you know. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. turns out he's talking about some weird stupid video game i thought he finally got on the cory plan where we said oh, catching them all you know what i'm saying when i talk about catching them all i mean catching them all
2: yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> several Corey. of
1: the wide receivers i think think it's a game of you know what's stds <laughs> you know catching them all that is
2: <laughs> okay well yeah we talked to drew a little bit earlier and he said that uh you have kept him busy that uh
1: oh yeah he's uh you know listen i'm a i'm a prolific man when it comes to women mm-hmm. but you know you can't you can't uh expect anybody to get as much attention as a starting quarterback. tall drink of water like Drew, you know, he brings a lot of attention and uh, I like to uh, use that opportunity to supplement what I've already is a prolific game when sure. it comes to the ladies.
2: Sure. Have you been in Columbia the whole time or did you go back to Tennessee? No, I
1: went back to Little Sicily there in Franklin, Tennessee, the little neighborhood I grew up in. Yeah. And, you know, play a little stickball, you know, mm-hmm. ate a little pasta, you know, hung out, you know, got my jean shorts on, played out in the sun. Yeah. You know, Sounds great. Yeah, it was good stuff.
2: Yeah, I noticed you got quite a tan going. Oh,
1: yeah. So, listen, my olive skin is always supple and looks great. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you know, it's so, going that far, but, yeah. yeah you know, you ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you have projections for this season? How, how well do you think the team Hey, listen, do?
1: we're just going to try to do our best out there, you know, and that's uh, kind. let the Corey, chips fall where they may.
2: Corey, that's a pretty kind of wishy-washy hey, answer. From me? What do you want from me?
1: I want a number. I want to know what you think we can I do. I think we'll have, you know, I'm going to say we're going to have 21 wins.
2: 21. Yeah, that's, that's very optimistic. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I feel good about that. Okay. You stand by that answer. I mean, you're going to put me on the spot. i got to pick a number, right? Yeah, okay. 21 wins. You heard it here first. Corey Fatoni, everybody. The sophomore now punter for Mizzou Tigers. Yeah, thanks. i got to get
1: going. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, guys. Give thanks me a call sometime, right?
2: You, you know it. So, there you have it. Corey Fatoni.
1: Always, always. Uh, always a good interview. Fountain of information.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> So uh, you know, besides the kicking game, you know, the, the we had the same struggles on uh, special teams. I felt like we did on offense and defense. We we never really got a, a, a kick returner that was able to break anything open. Very mm-hmm. you know, cons- I haven't even
1: heard who they've got back there practicing. Because with practices closed, we have really very little information no, coming I out mean, of the, the scrim- camp
2: scrim- scrimmage tonight that we got to see was the first look I I had, and you know, we didn't reveal anything. We were moving the guys around a lot. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that is another component of the game that has plenty of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so anyway, uh, one thing we know that we're going to be consistent at is is kicking. So, we got, we got Corey back there. He's the man. So, anyway, uh, you know, we got, what is it? It's August 20th as we're recording this tonight. So, we got, you know, about thirteen days about two weeks before this it? season starts. No. Oh, am too messant. It's it's close, but it's still so far away.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. So it, and you know, without the preseason like we got in the NFL, there's just barely anything to cling to either. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's
1: nothing much to talk about. I'm so glad we have these interviews or we would really not be able to put together yeah, a show. There'd almost
2: be no point in even recording one of these. Pff,
1: there rarely is
2: <laughs> Well Brian certainly thinks so.
1: Yeah. That's his commitment level is <laughs> is Matty malk esque.
2: Yes indeed. So uh, fortunately, you know, we haven't had too much uh, bad news of late. You know, we've had, uh, we we did have, was it Nate Brown, mm-hmm. I guess, went down with a, they originally called it a high ankle sprain. But then they said recently that he had ankle surgery, but ex- possibly expect him on the field sooner than previously anticipated.
1: Yeah, I don't think for either one of us, we were like devastated by that information. I mean, Nate yeah. Brown didn't do anything you know, last year that made you think, well, we can't do without that guy.
2: Right. I mean, the receiving core was not that impressive last year. Yeah. Um, n- you know, we had whatever expectations we had from a guy like Nate Brown that really didn't live up to them. It is It's certainly a disappointment to see a guy like that who could use the reps mm-hmm. uh, to and get. One of the
1: few guys that got reps last season. Right,
2: too. right. But uh, there's certainly a lot of other receivers who are going to have an opportunity to step up and maybe make some plays. But, uh, you know, Brown being gone is is just one more challenge. But as far as injuries go, that's the main one that I'm hearing Mm -hmm. at this point, thankfully. And so, you know, then we talked a little bit last week about the tight end core. And, uh, you know, those guys are going to be all returners. And even though they they weren't used as much and they didn't perform too much last year, it's a a little bit of experience we've got on what is basically a kind of young team. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so... I, you know, I was higher on Sean Colkin last year than than me, than you certainly, <laughs> and, and, and then we hadn't been the year before. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, the year prior, it hadn't been so much that it was a festival of drops. He was just dropping everything, and and he wasn't in. He didn't make many plays last year, but when he got the ball, he ma- he seemed to connect. yeah. When I
1: did inexplicably throw the ball to mm-hmm. him, he did seem to catch it.
2: Right, and so and you got Jason Reese's back as well um, as the other tight end so uh, another guy who who just hasn't stepped up to use a cliche, but uh you know another opportunity this season, so we'll see, but well Colin, we got another you know two last two interviews we we played were were guys who we knew already a little bit who' been on the show before, mm-hmm. but had the opportunity to sit down with a new. Uh, player who had not joined us in the past oh yeah yeah i was able to uh, meet up with our defensive tackle josh augusta so yeah he's
1: been in the the news a lot because of his weight
2: yeah there's been a lot of talk about how heavy he is at first you know he was saying that you know he's traded fat for muscle but a lot of people were saying that you know trade all the fat for muscle you want 370 is just too big
1: yeah i mean if if 370 even with muscle was a playable weight right then the nfl players would be 370 right but the nfl is not asking their players to be 370 because that's too big
2: yeah it, it, it's obviously going to cut down on your speed it's going to cut down on your stamina yeah and so i'm sure you know he's trying to cut that he's got a few weeks to do it and when you're that big cutting weight is not all that difficult no of course if, if you're uh if you're constantly hitting the hitting the plate
1: yeah if you're a golden corral with regularity it's more difficult <laughs> it can be
2: a challenge I talked a little bit about that, too, Josh Augusta, so let's let's tune in now and hear what he had to say. Great. Back on the sidelines now. I'm joined with Josh Augusta, defensive tackle for University of Missouri. Uh, thanks for joining us, Josh. Appreciate it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, call you the big bear around here. You're coming in at 370 this year. Uh, we have a lot of big things coming from that defense we're expecting. Yeah, you know, that I, I can't argue with that. As a matter of fact, last year we saw a lot of good things with you. You, you shed a little weight. You were on the field a little bit more. Uh, people have been talking about your weight and a little bit uh, worried about you. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, that, that is something that people are going to have to think about quite a bit. And uh, when I'm thinking about this season, we're going to have to play against West Virginia in the first season in the game of the year, and defense is going to be a big part of that if we're going to stay in that game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, uh, Josh, you're one of the elder statesmen on that defensive. And tell me about some of the other guys like Terry Beckner um, who'd be joining you. Hmm. Well, I agree with that. I really? That's that's fascinating information. So, Josh, i got one last question for you. What is your diet like in the summertime when you're pre- preparing for the football season? Yeah, that that's, uh, sounds like a healthy appetite, and uh, I hope you can keep the cafeteria. Get, leave a little for the rest of those guys, and uh, good luck this season. Okay, thanks, Josh. There you go, Colin.
1: Yeah. Wow. So entertaining, young man. Yeah. A lot of helpful information there.
2: Yeah. Frankly, I got a lot as much out of that interview as almost any player interview I ever hear. Sure. You sure. know, Just as much uh, insight. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, it took a lot of my fears away about Augustine and his weight with with the approach he has to yep. the season. Yep. So, anyway, um, you know, I think we can take a break from our interviews a little bit. Or maybe we should take an, a, another break, get back to Kansas news. Yeah. Sound good? Sure. All right. Till then, this is Mazobcast. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of dollarshaveclub.com. What is dollarshaveclub.com?
3: Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door.
2: Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No.
1: Our blades are f-ing great.
3: So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills i'm saving you we are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on and now the show with even fewer fans
0: than the kansas jayhawks homecoming game the Mazad cast
2: Well, Colin, we're back, and it is time once again for Kansas News. Well, I
0: was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News.
2: Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. All right, our first story comes to us from the AP. It's titled Trial Set for Kansas Man. After octopus found in toddler's throat. <laughs> of course. It's <laughs> Kansas News. Um, a judge has determined that a Wichita man will stand trial on a charge stemming from a toddler found with a dead octopus lodged in his throat. Uh, KSN TV reports Matthew Gallagher waived his right to a preliminary hearing Thursday. He was charged with aggravated endangerment of a child after the two year old was found with a small octopus lodged in his throat. The trial is scheduled for October 3rd. A criminal complaint alleges that Gallagher unlawfully and recklessly caused or allowed the two-year-old boy to be placed in a situation in which the child's life, body, or health is at risk. Police have said that the boy, the boy's mother told investigators she returned home from work and found Gallagher performing CPR on her son. The boy was later released from a hospital in healthy condition.
1: So there's no details about the conditions that... Precipitated a octopus being in the kid's throat.
2: This is one of those things where I feel like the Kansas reporters really dropped the ball on the story because there's more than just the octopus being. A I boy see the service.
1: picture there, that fella, He mm-hmm. he looks like a Buffalo Bill from *Science of the Lambs* if he grew a goatee,
2: right? Which is, you know, I saw Buffalo Bill from *Science of the Lambs* and thought great parent. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's got all the makings of a great. Parent. Is she
1: a great big fat person.
2: <laughs> Next story comes to us from the Casey Star. A man. A Kansas man falls from roof while shooting fireworks, dies. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> laugh. He's dead. Poor guy. Topeka, Kansas. A 26-year-old Kansas man who climbed onto a roof to launch fireworks is dead after falling from atop his southeast Topeka home. Topeka Capital Journal reported that Christian Locke fell from the roof after he was injured by a firework just after midnight Tuesday. Topeka Police Lieutenant Jennifer Cross said. The call was originally reported as a fall, but an investigation revealed the firework accident. Locke was transported to a hospital with life-threatening injuries and later died.
1: Well, why else would you set off fireworks than the roof?
2: Yeah, well, what that my takeaway from this story is that it's one thing to fall off a roof and die. It's another that it said he was actually injured by a firework prior to his fall, to his death. It takes so, real talent. Oh, yeah. It's a twofer. So, you know, he, he went out doing what he loved. Yep, that's right. All right. Let's see. This story is Kansas woman finds success in goat mowing service. <laughs> Good God. Mm-hmm. It
1: so, just never stops.
2: Cedar Point, Kansas. On hot summer nights, Mary Powell does not shy away from the heat in the comfort of air conditioning. She's out with her fleet of goats. As if she had air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's a big if. She's out with her fleet of goats providing a service that has become a growing trend across the country. Goat grazing services. Mm. Um, the Emporia Gazette reports that her Barnyard Weed Warriors business launched this year, and it continues to grow. See, you know, the tech industry has been a real boom. Yeah. You know, places like San Francisco, Seattle, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, high-tech Silicon jobs. Silicon Valley. A lot of stuff. Who says Kansas doesn't have its own high-tech industry? <laughs> yeah. Goat mowing. Yep. So anyway, um, she says, this is the kind of working vacation. Uh, I get to be outside. The goats can get into areas that are too rough to mow, so it makes it easier to just send them in. She has enough solar-powered electric fencing to do two acres at a time.
1: And with all these goats around her, husband has no interest in her whatsoever, so that can <laughs> release her of that duty.
2: That's right. The work takes the goats a day or so, and then they move on to the next spot. Her partner, Bob Gasper, um, uh, helps her, and with the two of them she take up uh, to 80 goats to a location that need to be grazed. The goats like small trees like elm and cedar. They also eat hemlock and noxious weeds. Sometimes the goats will eat a certain plant, and sometimes they won't, pal said Kind of just depends what they're hungry for at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
2: yeah, it says, well, one of the things about livestock that non-owners don't get, and we hear a lot is that we don't care about our animals. I give a darn about my animals. I love them. I've worked so hard to save a baby, and when it dies, it's really hard on me. We lost seven goats this year. Oh boy, <laughs> it's not just about money. we raise them. It's heartbreaking.
1: Seven goats and two of their own children that's right. they've lost this year.
2: Powell says that animal rights groups target businesses like hers, but she will adamantly defend the care she gives to her livestock.
1: I, I think the part that they're leaving out is there's a lot of bestiality probably going on that's probably more the sticking point for the, the uh, animal rights people.
2: And that's right. The story ends with, uh, everybody makes fun of me, Powell says. I'm a cowboy yep. in a girl kind of way. Mm-hmm. I'm a goat roper too, but it's what I like to do. I'm learning as I go and having the time of my life. I just really love doing this.
1: <laughs> time of her life.
2: That's right. So hey,
1: you want to go to Vegas? Forget it. Don't waste your time. South of France? No, thank you. Let's raise a bunch of goats.
2: Mm-hmm. Send them out in a dirty old overgrown field. <laughs> yeah, let them eat. sit back and drink. Oh, I don't know, homemade gin from the bathtub?
1: Yeah, something like that.
2: So kind of an uplifter of a story yeah. after the uh, poor Toilet guy wine. died. i guessing
1: the drink of choice.
2: Last story. Comes to us from the UPI Shawnee, Kansas. A kitten made an incredible journey from Kansas to Missouri by surviving an 80-mile trip under the hood of a car.
1: And surviving Kansas in general.
2: Kelly Hawthorne from WDAF said she first heard the kitten making noises inside the car's engine before she and her family were set to travel to Clinton, Missouri from their home in Shawnee. But... The curious feline ran away and when she opened the hood. Hawthorne was met with a surprise on their trip when she found the kitten had hopped back underneath the hood. On my way, I heard, Meow! <laughs> <laughs> and my son and I looked back at one another and said, No way. There is no way the cat came back. Despite Hawthorne's disbelief, the six-year-old, six-week-old kitten had hopped back into the car's engine for the uh, trip and survived an 80-mile journey. Hawthorne decided to take the kitten in that they believed to be a stray after its persistent efforts to join the family. Well, I wasn't planning on getting another cat, but the story surrounding this little kitten was too amazing for me to surrender it, so we're going to have to keep it. It just goes to show what kind of efforts even animals will make to get the fuck (laughs) out of (laughs) Kansas. Yeah,
1: and it just goes to show the awesome journalism that is kansas that's
2: right there's a lot of good stuff and you know like i said before last week i just was afraid that uh after time off and stuff maybe there just wouldn't be anything to report but no no. no, never fails kansas you never let us down
1: nope
2: so there you have it colin good to check in with our good friends in kansas uh but let's go back to mizzou how about that yeah you we got one more interview. We do, yeah. This was a big one, the biggest, the biggest, and uh, big we we'd never spoken to him before. But frankly, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about the ins and outs about the guy. But head coach Barry Odom joined mm-hmm. me to talk a little bit about Tiger football and just what he likes to do, you know, on his own. Find out a little bit about who yeah, Barry Odom a, is. We
1: got a little insight into the man who is the head football coach of Armadale Tigers. That's
2: right. It's always good to know a little bit about your first year coach. So here is my interview with. Barry Odom. All right, we're here on the sidelines. Uh, second scrimmage is just finished up tonight. Uh, got a special guest with us uh, off the field here is uh, head coach, Barry Odom. Thanks for joining us, Barry. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, th- uh, What would you think tonight? How everything look? Boys look good. Boys
1: worked hard. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of hitting out there, a lot of slapping, a lot of getting with it. That's
2: that's good. Yeah. You think we're uh, going to be an improved team over last year?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. I mean, it's... This team last year was looser than a Mexican stool. But we're going to button her up tighter than a nun's corset.
2: Tighter than a nun's corset, you say? You you, you <laughs> you. Well, well that would be good because
1: it was loose last year, uh, particularly the offensive line. Yeah, they were shit. <laughs> they absolutely were not any good. You well, were... we're going to take care of that, boys. I don't like that. Don't you, don't you worry about that.
2: Not pulling any punches here on the side. No, sir,
1: that's not what Barry Odom does.
2: No. Uh, well, Coach Odom, you, September 3rd, you got your first game. West Virginia coming up. What do you think the Tigers can do about those guys?
1: I think they're a bunch of Nancys. I think we're going to slap them around. And uh, it's going to be a good good opportunity for our team to, you know, get a little mud in their face mask and do some damage. Um, get us rolling in that SEC schedule.
2: That's good to hear. Yeah, it's going to be a tough um, SEC schedule, particularly I'm thinking about the LSU game. you got to go down to Death Valley and Baton Rouge. Tell me what you think about that Baton Rouge LSU, They're LSU game. They're going to call that Odom Alley. Oh, is that
1: right? Odom Valley, I should say, when yeah. I'm done there. Yeah. Don't you worry about that.
2: That'll be good. I'm looking forward to heading down there. Well, I mean, them. I don't want
1: to get overconfident, but, you know, I, I think we're going we're gonna to win probably easily by 150 points.
2: <laughs> yeah, would had a lot of confidence tonight. That's good. I'm, I'm, I like that.
1: Well, I feel that. like I want to I portray confidence to my players. Mm-hmm. I want to understand that I expect nothing less than the best from myself and from them. Do
2: you see any standouts going on tonight uh, this year?
1: Oh, no, they're all doing pretty well out there. Uh, you know, Charles Harris is a uh, goddamn machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Drew Lock looks good. You know, Fatoni looks good. Uh, Receivers are coming around. Coach Hill's doing some great work over there. We appreciate that from him. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that a great deal.
2: What about the defensive line? You got Terry Bagner, Josh Guss. I mean, I don't, those even, guys. I don't even
1: have to worry about those guys. Those yeah. guys know their job, and they you know, they crush people. They're good boys.
2: Well, you know, a lot of people have been talking about uh, Josh Guss came into camp pretty heavy, about three hundred and seventy.
1: Yeah, he's a big boy. He's yeah. a big boy. I mean, uh, Andy, Josh has got his head stuck in a honey pot again. Get him out of there. We're never gonna get that weight off that boy. God damn it! <laughs> what you say? Where honey? does he get honey at? Anyways, yeah, he's over there. He's a looking bear. good. He's a big. He's a, funny. You should mention that he's over there, head stuck in a honey pot again. You can't imagine how many times that goes on a week.
2: Big bear gets in a honey pie, Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, that would explain, I guess, a little bit about the uh, the weight gain.
1: Yeah, if he's not, you know, he's not eating honey, he's eating salmon. I mean, the guy just never stops eating.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you think he can stay on the field this year with that? Guy? Oh, I
1: think so. I think he's going to be fine.
2: He's yeah. Well, uh, what are your predictions this year? Do you make prediction about you know how how the team's going to look?
1: We're going to do good. We're going to do real good. There's only I think, two things I'm afraid of, and that's losing and mm-hmm. tornadoes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't think I'm going to have to worry too much about the losing. Now, tornadoes are another situation, but but I, I feel confident with this team and where the direction we've got them. They're 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 ready. The yeah. boys are ready to to hit somebody in the mouth.
2: That that's the tornado thing. I want to dig into that a little bit. No, uh, let's not. Well, you're an Oklahoma guy, I think. I, like I
1: don't like talking about tornadoes. Don't want anything to do with tornadoes. Let's just not talk about tornadoes. If you, if you, if you can respect that,
2: I, I will. I, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for you as head coach, and I'll stay clear of any weather-related uh, conversation or questions. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, you know, you're you're the new head coach. Uh, you got a new team to look at. Um, you know, what is the difference between being a head coach, I guess, and being you know, defensive coordinator. Like well, I you mean, you're or.
1: responsible for everything. You're you're the you're the main chef. You know what I mean? And you know, there's the other aspects of it. You're you're dealing with you know uh, administration. You're dealing with the press. You know, bunch mm-hmm. of bunch of paunchy balding assholes. You know, mm-hmm. scared of their own fucking shadow. I said the word fuck the other day, and Todd Palmer nearly passed out. Is that right? He got the vapors. You know what <laughs> I mean? Jesus, I tell you what, I, may, I I noticed you're not not balking at my my language so i appreciate that yeah
2: well, I, we have a history on this show of uh of diving into that sort of blue blue area well, but that's
1: good you, you sound like you're my kind of operation
2: yeah um i was going to ask you one last question if you got a second uh, absolutely we talk a lot of football i'm sure people do talk a lot of football with you but what does barry odom do in his free time when he's when he's at home you know
1: well uh, you know drank a lot of stag
2: Mm-hmm. You know, stag st- beer
1: Steak, taters, and gravy in a can right there I was you pretty glad I
2: mean? glad to hear that stag Because when you know we sent you some of that
1: Yeah, I appreciate that That was you boys Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good That's good, I appreciate yeah, that Yeah, case of good. stag, I believe we that sent That got you. me through the morning yeah. that day Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely I mean, I love Coach Pinkle But, you know, he's more of a wine and cheese type of guy mm-hmm. You know me You know, case of stag in the morning
0: mm-hmm.
1: Some prime rib and some eggs For good breakfast evening. Yeah, for breakfast You better believe it, son mm-hmm. We get down there we call this an Oklahoma mid and afternoon snack, and that's, you know, twelve pack stag beef jerky. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you round it out dinner time with a, You know, another case or so of stag. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you oh. have half a back ribs. You know, thung, You know, fr- more prime rib maybe. Mm-hmm. Some steak, uh, some, some round steak. Some, uh,
2: this is all in one evening. Well,
1: no, I'm saying you could have any one of these things during the oh, okay. that's how yeah, like you know, and then you sounds- wash it on steak.
2: Okay, more stag.
1: I mean, I feel like that's a key to my diet, my health. You
2: stag know, beer. Yeah, stag beer. Stag is good, good, I guess, and it's also uh, economical.
1: That's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's right, buddy. You got it, buddy. I'm telling you what, you know, I don't want you to, like I said, that wine and cheese crowd, that Budweiser crowd, you know, uh, Keeper. Mm. Like Budweiser's too high. I'm end. a man of the people. You
2: yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I, I recognize that. Well, Coach Odom, first-year coach of the Missouri Tigers, thanks for joining us for a little bit on uh, second scrimmage for the 2016 season.
1: Yeah, no problem, boys. Thanks for having me. See you.
2: All right. So there you have it, Barry Odom.
1: This is like the first time I've heard him. He, I mean, I heard him talking like at SEC Media Days, but that's the first time I've heard him talk where I got to feel like I got to know who yeah, Barry Odom is. I felt like he really opened up. Yeah, there. I mean, I, I he's just, just like a guy who plays at his face value. I mean, he's not putting on a – you know, Pinkle was such a – Closed door, you know, yeah. so you kept there by arm's length. Of it.
2: I don't think you got to worry about that No, but Barry. Barry seemed
1: like he was ready to talk about whatever you were up for.
2: Very regular guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, guy, a guy who's easy to like.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Though I, I do
1: feel like I didn't know drinking Budweiser made me wine and cheese crowd. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, I that's right. I really hope that we'll have an opportunity to talk to him again throughout the season. Uh, he seemed, we got along it pretty seems well. He's
1: genuinely more accessible and Pinkle. So yeah, I passed
2: he, along our information, so I'm hoping that uh, as the season comes along that uh, we'll get another chance to talk yeah, to the I coach. think
1: especially if the season goes well, I mean, he, he might feel, you know...
2: God, I'm afraid to talk to him if we lose. I mean, well, the guy hates losing, and, well, what and I of mean, course, tornadoes.
1: <laughs> I I just think that, you know, if things are going well, obviously that makes people more motivated to talk. Yeah, sure. So hopefully we do well and get a little more Coach Odom on here.
2: Right, yeah, absolutely, and I uh, hope the, uh, the weather... Stay calm for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. seems like
1: he has a <laughs> sort of a, almost a phobia. Yeah, I'd really
2: like to get more into that, but he did not want to talk about no, it. No,
1: you could, you could, I, I, I don't know what his mannerisms, his face looked like when you were talking to him, but I wonder if you could, could you see him mostly bristling at that question, you know, mannerisms and whatnot? Well,
2: you know, he's a he's a pretty stone faced fellow, but if there was anything close to terror, <laughs> I feel like that was, it was very, yeah. went, went sort of pale, but uh, he moved on quickly. It seems like he adjusts, so, uh, you know, I, I all in all, I was very happy to hear what he had to say and, and really get an insight on him. So, you know, uh gives me some confidence going into the season.
1: Yeah. this a nice little show here we've got. we got to listen to some of the players. We, mm-hmm. we didn't have much uh, content to bring everybody. But
2: Yeah, excited to really get in touch with these guys like we didn't get a yeah, chance to last year. exactly,
1: exactly. And like I said, I'm hoping everything's just a more open door with with Mr. Odom at there and and new AD and all that stuff. The whole athletic department may be a little more accessible to us, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, great stuff tonight. Great stuff.
2: Yeah. So, you know, with the with, with the season approaching, uh, we're back up on iTunes. Uh, very important for us for our listeners to get up on iTunes and leave us a review. So mm-hmm. uh, it helps us climb the rankings. We need to do that. We had a little technical glitch with iTunes um, the last few weeks. So being back, uh, we really need those reviews. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, do
1: we lose the reviews with all those technical Yeah, I don't know
2: exactly what happened. I'm going to have to go down to call apple and we and had 18 or 20
1: reviews and i hate to lose all those so I know. guys do it again Just yeah be a, be a buddy be a pal send
2: them, send them in i think we of all the um uh, mizzou related podcasts we did have at one time the most itunes reviews and that yeah, really we're does at
1: the top of the rankings then
2: so i'd like to get back to it and i think we can absolutely so um and, and also uh would mention that uh, we will be taking calls this year so mm-hmm. uh the way to do that way to find out when we're recording and when you can be on the show go to our twitter feed at mazodcast yeah we'll
1: always announce when we're about ready to record throw mm-hmm. that number out there you guys can drop us a line with yeah. your thoughts
2: it's always fun to hear from the fans mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, please do that and as always i encourage you if you have anything you want to add afraid to be on the air you can always email to at mazodcast at gmail.com yep so and another thing about the twitter account and the email addresses we have a bunch of mazodcast stickers we sent out a ton of them last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I still see a few bump, running around on bumpers yep. in town. So, um, want one of those Mizodcast stickers? We'd be very, very happy to send you one. So, send us a tweet at Mazodcast or email us at Mizodcast at gmail.com. We'll get that out to you.
1: So, super duper.
2: Super duper. Anything else you'd like to add before we shut the sucker down tonight, no, Colin?
1: No, I think uh, we've talked circles around. Nothing. Nothing. You know, I mean, like I said, That's our specialty. we are absolutely trying to fill uh, time with zero content. <laughs> so, uh, but like you said, 13 days now. That's right. Until there's county. actually football, and uh, we will have plenty to talk about then.
2: That's right. So, uh, counting those down, and we may work in another show before, uh, before the season starts, hey, hey, hopefully. We'll but uh, see. if, we'll if, see if there's any news, uh, if not, we'll certainly be there for season for. Game one, maybe we'll get a a preview show up. We did some of those last year, and they seem to be popular. Get a guest from West Virginia and find out a little bit more about what the Mountaineers are going to bring to us. Mm -hmm. So, But until then, it's been a good one, and I look forward to the season starting. Colin, I'd say M-I-Z. Z-O-U.
0: Explore more stories like Shayna's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies.